That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast, midweek preview edition for uh, the upcoming Premier League games. We've got uh, plenty of stuff to talk about. Uh, Liverpool dropped out of the Champions League today, losing in a Champions League two-legged knockout round tie for the first time under Jurgen Klopp, uh, and losing uh, in the round of 16 of the Champions League for the first time since uh, 2006, the year after they last won the Champions League. So uh, Liverpool's follow-ups to winning Champions League have not been been that good, but... Uh, the important thing is they do win it. Uh, but yeah, that was a crazy result. Atletico Madrid went into that second leg with a 1-0 lead. I, I should probably introduce. I'm Alex, here with Javier. Hey. Andrew is off today. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's drowning his sorrows away with either tears or alcohol. I, uh, I'm i not really sure which one. But uh, we're going to talk, I guess, a little bit about this uh, Champions League knockout uh, round before we move on to the, the Premier League games because... It, it is a big deal. The Liverpool have been knocked out. It's obviously the last uh, non-Premier League trophy that they were they were hunting uh, for this season after being knocked out of the FA Cup uh, a week or so ago. And um, it was a competition they've obviously done very well in the last two seasons and have an excellent record at Anfield. And most people, you think, would have expected them to overturn this 1-0 deficit from the first leg and uh, outscore Atletico, but instead they come out uh, 3-2 losers. It's their first home loss in any competition for two years or something like that. Um, it took 120 minutes for Atletico to do it, um, but they, they eventually did it, and even Alvaro Morata scored. So it was he scored a pretty momentous nice goal. day for I them. Look, I, where did this guy, Llorente, he was, wasn't he on Real Madrid before? Yes. Okay. Marcos so Llorente comes in off the bench and scores a double. Like, they were kind of both similar finishes, and it, I don't know if Allison could have done better on on either one of them. But it, well, funny thing about that, Allison was injured as he was for that Bournemouth game previously. So Adrian, oh, stepped that was in Adrian, okay, and made a horrible error for Atletico's first goal, where he I think he either threw it or played it out from the back and just completely misplayed it, and it went directly to an Atletico Madrid player who then slipped in Lorente, who managed to put it in the bottom corner, but. The kind of mistake that you can like maybe get away with in a Premier League game, but in Champions League, more often than not, like teams of this quality are going to make you pay for that. Did you? Uh, and they were they were up two nil at that point, and that put Atletico level on aggregate, but ahead on away goals. So it was it was a huge moment in the game for Adrian to make that mistake. Yeah. Did you see Jurgen Klopp's comments about um, Atletico Madrid and like Simeone's style after the game? He basically talked about how like. He thinks that Simeone's style is like super negative, and you know he can't believe that the world class players they have they play that negative, and it's just like four banks of or two banks of four basically just getting behind the ball and defending the whole game. And he was you know praising his boys for playing that well and saying that he thinks that you know the opponents had zero counterattacks and it basically just took like just a stupid error like you just said 
to uh, to break the game open. And I don't know. What do you, what do you think of that? You know, I think that's just like salty saltiness from Klopp because I mean, Simeone has been doing this for a long time, and right. like that yeah, style I mean, of play, like I think he's just the best at it, right? Uh, we were right, wrong he burst about onto that. the scene with it back in like 2013. We were all wrong. We all picked Liverpool, right? So I thought yeah, it was going to be like everyone, a blowout. Everyone picked I was Liverpool. Wrong about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liverpool, Liverpool were soaring. That was Just their first doubted, uh, we doubted, uh, loss in a while. Go, yeah. I mean, we knew it was always possible. I tried to make the case that it was always possible, Liverpool, and everyone was, that, was just like, no, 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 there's no chance. Four losses in the last five games? No, three of three yes. the last four, or four of the last five. Well, they've lost two games to Atletico, one to Chelsea, and one to Watford. Wow. So four yeah, out of four the last, out of last five. five. And with the, Liverpool the collapse being question that mark? West Ham game. Liverpool, I don't think no, so. I'm, I'm joking. They do. Have, they did have that win against fine. Bournemouth this yeah, weekend, which I don't know about you, but I did. I did not watch. They that beat was, Bournemouth two one. I, I did watch. They've been it. going behind a lot recently, Listen, haven't they? They got so lucky to get away with a two one win in that Bournemouth missed. Shout out to a James ton Milner. Of chances. Um, Shout out to James Milner. Bringing back the highlight reel goal line clearance. That was a crazy goal line clearance. Yeah, that I'll was amazing. Little, little that was absolutely that. amazing. But they got was so lucky. So amazing. They didn't play well at all again. And they haven't played well these last five games. Um, it kind of feels like the teams run out of gas a little bit. It feels like they're not. I don't know. Teams have adjusted a little bit better to them, obviously. And they're making them work hard for it. They're not just rolling over and letting them win, maybe. Um, and they were winning game really close games earlier on in the season that... It feels like some of those games aren't going their way now. So I don't know. It's interesting to see how they bounce back from this because four out of four losses out of five can keep spiraling if you don't um, fix something. You know, which I'm sure that they, they don't don't really have a very hard end of the season. They're definitely going to still win the title, but they just got to I'm sure focus on finishing out strong because now this is the this is the only competition they have left. So they just Premier they league. just need to look That's good true. in the league now. So I, I think we'll probably see a, a different Liverpool. We'll see them close out the season well. I don't. I agree. I don't think it's going to be a collapse. I was just being, uh, you know, without Andrew here, I had to, I had to, I had to put one of those in. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's hard to say anything with any sort of level of certainty right now. Um, and I know this has been said for banter's sake online that Premier League games may be suspended because I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the news recently, but there's a viral pandemic going on not only in Europe but in. East Asia and now here in the United States too. So a lot of stuff is kind of up in the air over uh, what's going to be happening even a week from now, let alone two weeks from now or a month from now. Like the, the season's scheduled to be over in May. We're, 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 two, we're two months out from that and things ch- seem to be changing day to day, let alone week to week. So I'm uh, th- there is a possibility, I'm not just going to throw it out there, that a week from now, we could be look at we could be looking at Premier League games either being postponed or canceled completely. The season just ending. Everything's up in the air right now. It's it's really we're not really not sure how how it's going to end. And you'd like to think that with I think they need to win. Liverpool need to win three games. Maybe I think they can also have City drop points uh, and and get the title that way. But if some kind of decision like that is made before they win the league title. We honestly, we have no way of knowing how that would be handled and how that would be treated. So I think now their their focus needs to be completely on getting the Premier League wrapped up. I know it's out of their hands, but before something like that can happen, and you know, yeah, I mean, the, that's, the, we don't know what's going to happen, but things are kind of moving really quickly right now with with. The I mean, virus, it's important like to mention said, that Syria, so. yes, uh, Syria suspended pups, games until, until April. April. Yeah, there's been multiple players now, including. Um, 
What's Daniel his name? Rugani, uh, the Daniel Juve- Rugani, Juventus right. player. Um, and then Just the, Arsenal City, the Arsenal City game today was canceled because um, the owner of Olympiacos has tested positive for the virus as well. And yeah, it's it's scary stuff out there. They, and Arsenal played Olympiacos yeah, so like, about I'm a week sure ago. Some of the players, Just the Olympiacos players, had contact with the owner, and then those players had contact with the Arsenal players. So. You, the way that this virus works, you never know um, if you know one or two got infected, and yeah, it's it's uh, we don't know what's going to happen. But right now, it's affecting football a lot. So, I mean, they played today the Champions League games in empty stadiums. So, that's well, a, uh, all of them this week, except for the Liverpool game, were played behind closed doors. And the Liverpool game, there were three thousand Atletico Madrid fans, in which Madrid is very much a hot spot for the spread of the the virus right now <laughs> you know it, it, you just why not just play it safe like I, why not just all the other games are being played behind door closed doors maybe the uh the leipzig tottenham game wasn't i'm not really sure about that one i, I, I didn't get to watch it but psg dortmund was behind closed doors at atalanta and uh, valencia uh, yeah there, there's plenty of examples and there have been plenty of examples these last few weeks there's been a few weeks of behind closed door games now in italy some in germany it's uh and they're, they're more planned the ncaa tournament here in america was just just announced that all ncaa tournament events multiple tournaments that are going to be going on next week are going to be played behind closed doors it's a huge uh event that they've been the first in america at least to take the precaution of saying you know what we're well, we're not even going to bother. There's not going to be any more events. They just moved uh, classes for a bunch of uh, colleges in Virginia and Maryland and all around the country now. They're closing college campuses and moving them to uh, virtual, and they're extending which, which, spring break. Which is making me think, like, something like that has to happen on the horizon, like, the pretty near future in England. I don't think it will develop quickly enough to suspend the coming weekend's games, which is why we're doing this. But what I am saying is we might have to get a little bit creative on what we're going to talk about <laughs> if uh, games do get suspended. Summer, so I'm summer feeling transfer like, talk. Uh, summer transfer talk in April. No, no, no. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking we get a list out of all the things we've like teased or thought about doing but never had the time to do, like best team of all time, like ranking them and making the case for like Arsenal Invincibles versus like Chelsea under Mourinho or like Andrew coming in with like the Sears Liverpool and us saying, get out of here, man. You guys didn't even play a whole season. <laughs> no. We won't go, we won't go that far in the middle of the, in the middle of the, the spread of it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the whole point is we don't know what's going to happen, but we know there's going to be a whole lot of developments, probably even some that we didn't even predict by the time you guys were listening to this. So uh, let's move on to just mention the Arsenal West Ham game that happened on Sunday or Saturday around 10 a.m., uh, Arsenal beat West Ham 1-0 with a goal from Alexander Lacazette in the 78th minute. Uh, we can probably talk about that one, or at least lump it in with this uh, this trip to Brighton they've got coming up this weekend because it's games against two teams struggling with relegation or like fighting at all costs to avoid yeah, relegation. Yeah, I think West Ham, West Ham played well. Um, they have been playing well in the last few games under Moyes, and they've gotten a couple of decent results. I, I'm sure they're going to be fighting till the end. Um the, the drop and like you said Brighton's one of those teams as well I mean I think we're going to get another win I mean it, these home games that we have against um, these teams oh it's away Brighton yeah that, that's that we may we may get a draw we've been getting a lot of those this year and but, but the, the West Ham one you guys had chances we had a bunch of chances that we missed but that, and, that goal it was onside it should have counted I, right. know the, I know it wasn't originally counted 
that was the luckiest bounce of the day, and you guys managed to get it and take advantage of it, which, you know, I'm not trying to fault you for that, but West Ham were probably pretty good for a draw, too. They had a yeah, ton no, of chances I mean, right could, after they went felt, behind. It felt for a while that it might have been a nil-nil draw, but, um, you know, we got the goal, like you said, from a lucky bounce, and it, it felt like it was just going to be a frustrating day again. And I don't know, lately it feels like things haven't been as frustrating, and we've been getting results going our way in little bounces, like you said, and here and there we've been getting clean sheets which is weird we've been seeing players like Mustafi who I never thought could make a resurgence in the Arsenal team and I know I've mentioned this already but he's playing so much better in these games um, not making mistakes and he was actually he didn't play in this game but he's been missed like his injury actually like he's he's actually like probably our second best center back right now which is pretty sad but um, you know I, I he, him and David Luiz have both seen a big resurgence under Arteta and it seems like Whatever Emery was instructing them to do in, in the back line, you know, Arteta's fixing a lot of those problems right now. I think he's patching a lot of stuff. There's still a lot of those problems there. Um, and we're going to have to still move on players like Mustafi and David Luiz in the summer. But I think the fact that they're playing better um, is a testament to his coaching, to, you know, his preparation, the, the mentality in the squad, and how, I mean, he's pretty much improved everyone. I would say, except Lacazette, he's the only player that's probably at least decreased his output. He still praises him a lot and still gives him a decent amount of game time. But, you know, he has been a player that has had to be come off the bench a lot. And I think getting a goal here is, is again, going to be good for his confidence. And, you know, that's now two goals in the last three games. And, you know, it feels like he he needs to close out the season strong to, you know, make a, make a place for his Arsenal, for this team next year, because it's, there's going to be a big rebuild coming in the summer. And, I don't know. I don't think we're going to finish top four. I think that four nil Everton result was, we'll, which we'll talk about in a little bit, was pretty emphatic. And I'm, every time you guys get big wins like that, it scares me because you guys have a lot of injuries and you'll have a lot of players coming back. So, um, but I think we could fin- maybe finish fifth, and that would be uh, not not terrible for us the way that our season's gone. So, um, I think United are going to be our, our main contenders in that. And we, you told me uh, Steve Berwine Berwine's out for the season for Tottenham, so. Yeah, I mean, Tottenham at this point, it's like, we might as well move on to them because yeah. they, they were the last game on Saturday at uh, 11.30 or, I guess, sorry, 12.30. Uh, they drew 1-1 with Burnley at Turf Moor. They went behind they uh, in the 13th shit. minute, and then they got a lucky penalty, and Deli Alley converted it in the 50th minute, and uh, that was that. I didn't get to watch this one. I had no intention of watching this one because... Burnley destroyed them in the first half. Burnley had uh, 13 shots. Are spiraling right now. And Tottenham had two, um, which you wouldn't have expected ever. And like Burnley had even possession with Tottenham. I think they had 52% Tottenham and 48. But you wouldn't you would expect a team like Tottenham, even away from home, to go to Burnley and have you know 60, 65% possession. At least all the other big teams do. Um, Burnley usually just play you know get their corners and free kicks and, and play on the counterattack but they didn't have to do that against Tottenham they were able to just slice them apart which for me proves number one that Sissoko was a big part of that midfield I don't know um, his absence has definitely been felt and having to play like Winks, Lacelso in midfield has just been you know atrocious um, and playing he's had to play Dyer it goes beyond you individual and I, players you and I, you and I hate no he has, he's got so many players he's got to get rid of this is Pochettino's team this isn't Mourinho's team I don't I'm not going to shit it's on Mourinho also heavily injured which we've also it. mentioned right. all of his best players are injured like we can't we can't I feel like we can't shit on Mourinho too much um, I feel like they they got enough wins when he came in as the coach that you saw an, a resurgence you saw that a lot of the players were looking better under him 
Deli Ali's the the biggest one. Um, and I don't know. I'm I think Tottenham aren't going to finish in the top six this season. I think Wolves will probably finish above them as well. So I think at this we point will. they'd be lucky to finish in the top half. Right. I mean, I think they're going to have a really shit season. They're gonna they're gonna kind of collapse from here. But I think losing Burwine, Kane, Son for you know extended periods of time is going to be crippling to to their goal output and and also the quality players they do have. Mourinho hasn't gotten anything close to the best out of the likes of Lo Celso, who we have kind of praised on this podcast. He had he did start to have better performances until a few of those forward player injuries really started to take hold. And Dombele, he just absolutely skewered this week after the game. He pulled Oliver Skip and Ndombele off at halftime because they were down 1-0. And then when asked about it afterwards, he didn't say anything. He was that he wasn't going to judge Oliver Skip because he was a young player. But Ndombele, he needed more intensity and needed more uh, more effort and just said, if, he's, if you're not going to be willing to, to bring that, then I'm not going to be afraid to drag you off, which we've seen him do plenty of times in his career and obviously plenty of times now with uh, Tottenham. He did it for the, to Dyer famously in the first half of their like Champions League, his first Champions League game at Spurs uh, against Olympiacos. Speaking of, speaking and they came of, back and won. That's, a, that's a good transition, Alex. We should talk about uh, Tottenham's Champions League. Uh, yeah, they went out to RB Leipzig, lost 3-0 in the, the away leg, the second leg. Just got um, absolutely hammered. Yeah, which, uh, well, Tottenham, you know, you made it to the next round. You know, you did a good job. I'm glad that we're going to finish above them probably this year. Most likely. It's just, it's it's been a while. It's time for Tottenham what, what to go What next round did collapse. Tottenham make it to? Huh? They also fell out of the FA Cup, too. I don't think we mentioned that because oh, yeah, it happened right. after we recorded. Ta- so Tottenham but... just have the Premier League now, right? Yeah. 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 Maybe but, Maybe mean... their performances might improve a little bit. Who knows? I don't know about that. Their performances have been terrible in every competition. Here, if there's any silver lining, it's no, that they only I have don't the think Premier there League. is. I don't think there's any silver lining because their performances in none of those competitions have been good. The last good performance I can think of was that Manchester City home game that they won. That was kind of fluky. I'll say it. It was kind of fluky. City should have won that game. Uh, they, they really should have. Uh, so they got a bit lucky in that. And I think that kind of covered some of their deficiencies and now that all of those forward players like Burwine who scored in that game is injured and I seriously think they will be, they will be lucky to finish in the top half of the table this season it's getting that bad at Tottenham and I don't see any end to it or any change to it from Mourinho uh, but let's go to Mourinho's old team Manchester United uh, we'll, we'll talk about them and we'll and we'll discuss Chelsea a little bit in the preview section um, Manchester United got a big 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 win over Manchester City on Sunday uh, afternoon, Anthony Martial opened the scoring in the 30th minute, and then McTominay took advantage of a big Ederson mistake in the 96th minute to uh, give United the 2-0 lead or 2-0 win and uh, keep hot on Chelsea's backs for that race to fourth. I, this is, I'm not going to lie, this was a game I was counting on United to drop points in, and they absolutely shoved it up me. There was no this De Bruyne is, uh, for City, this is and the they first just completely double, outplayed them. I believe... Um... They, they did the double over City this year, right? Yeah, Solskjaer betwi- became the second manager ever to do to the do, uh, double over Pep Guardiola in, in the a league, single right? season. Can you name the first? Uh, the first? Jose Mourinho? Antonio. Oh, wow. Antonio. Conte. Antonio. Okay. Antonio. Okay. Ante- Conte. Back uh, when we won the league, did the double over Pep. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, 
But not I a thought, bad record ba- for Solskjaer. Ba- yeah, back to this game. I think I thought that like Man United absolutely deserved to win the game. I thought they were pretty brilliant, honestly. Um, Manchester City were just dull. They didn't really create anything, um, and they looked lifeless without De Bruyne. You know, they were just. Yeah, we can just hand him the Player of the Year award, right? That's his. Like he, this this stretch of games, uh, this is this game. Uh, if he's not available for the Sunday game against Burnley and they struggle, that maybe that wraps it up because we, we we've seen them without De Bruyne this season. Probably, maybe not last season because they still had Laporte and Sane. I think, and a few I think other like I think maybe like some Saudi prince just like paid off the Premier League being like you need to postpone the Arsenal City game because Kevin Kevin's not healthy so. Um. Yeah, yeah, like, like postpone it. Say it's coronavirus. I'll pay you two million, and then someone just did it. They posted like they're, they're, they're not owned by the Saudis, Javier. Just, there's <laughs> all right, <laughs> Dubai, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But you U- know what I mean. U- UAE, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. is it? Yeah, um, it is UAE. Oh yeah, Javier. Javier, quote: They're all the same thing. <laughs> I didn't say that. I may have been I didn't thinking say that. that, but you know. <laughs> No, um, yeah, it's really hard to state just how important De Bruyne seems to be, especially in these big games. I mean, you've seen him plenty of times when not just the ability to pick out these absurd passes and unlock defenses from uh, positions that you didn't even think were just possible. Unbelievable but then crossing the ability, ability as well. One. Yeah, and just well, smash yeah, the them ability in, yeah. to bang them like he did against Arsenal. Not to, I'm not trying to hurt you, but you know he's done it to us plenty of times too. Um, yeah, he, he he's a next level player that decides things in big games like this. And frankly, I think we're going to start to see a bit more of a, a drop off in Premier League, especially if uh, City get through to the next round of the Champions League. Again, this is with the caveat that we have no idea whether Champions League is going to continue with coronavirus. But assuming it is for whatever reason, uh, and City progress to the next round, there's a bunch of favorites who are in jeopardy of not taking part in the next round. Liverpool are out. Juventus are likely out due to not only the one they'll lost at Lyon in the first leg, but also one of their players actually contracting this virus. Um, and yeah, you know, Man City beating Real Madrid would, I think, completely shift their focus to Premier League. And I think the same things we've kind of mentioned about uh, big teams like Arsenal and Chelsea playing Liverpool during this run-in to the end of the season where it doesn't necessarily matter as much to them could have an effect on the re- result. That same... Uh, approach, I think, could be applied to Manchester City's big games. They they still have to come to Stamford Bridge. I'm pretty sure you guys, yeah, you guys still have to play them at the Etihad, and your your season is not over. Neither is ours. We're we're all still fighting. So, yeah, maybe we need to start approaching these these big games for Manchester City and Liverpool with the the chance during this not as important time of the league season to them as uh, more up in the air. Maybe there's a better chance for all of us to get wins against them. Definitely agree with that. Uh, and uh, especially with De, if De Bruyne's going to be out, I think if De Bruyne's that, in. Then yeah, they could still win yeah, they those can games still they easily. can still definitely win the games with De Bruyne. I think he's such a talismanic player, um, like you said. And yeah, I would I would agree that he should win the the Player of the Year this year already. I think he's done enough. Like I don't really care what anyone else does. It's long overdue. He deserves one. He does deserve the, one. Give him, give him the I, pity award. I want to talk a little bit more about uh, Manchester United in this because. I thought Fred was really good. I thought the way that they played five at the back and just stifled Manchester City's offense in this was really good because it's not like Manchester City didn't have really good offensive players. They still had Raheem Sterling, Sergio Aguero, um, Gabriel Jesus Foden came on, on the at right one point. Wing they had Mares. They had Foden, Bernardo Foden Silva. Started. 
Okay, but Phil Foden playing on the right wing, you know, not in midfield. Phil Foden is still like, a really, really good player. I just thought player. that was weird. They should have started Mares out on that right yeah, wing. Yeah, they should have. That Maybe was a big mistake. Foden as soon as Mares came on, he changed the game. Like he 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 pushed United back a lot, and City got some chances from that. They definitely should have probably gotten at least a goal. I thought that was pretty clear. But McTominay coming on, getting a uh, pretty pretty horrible error there from. Uh, from De Gea getting that goal, right? Like, he's been doing no, a lot, Ederson. a lot. Or Ederson, Ederson I'm sorry. Went to throw it out. I mean, again, City were chasing chasing the equalizer, and it was yeah. sixth minute of extra or added right. time, and he makes that mistake. So it's not a mistake that cost them the game completely, but it sealed their fate and made it look a lot worse than it actually was. It, it didn't seem like a 2 0. It seemed like United probably on like a normal day without that big mistake. It's 1 0, and. You know, if City are a bit more clinical and a bit more themselves, but on United the day, were really good in the first half. Bruno Fernandez was fantastic in the first half. He was basically non-existent in the second half. I think he just got tired. Um, once McTominay came on, though, they were they like again had a, had a little bit of a resurgence. But I thought Bruno Fernandez was fantastic in the first half, and he's just been uh, pretty much a revelation for Manchester United in, in since his signing. You know, he's completely changed the dynamic of the team, and it, I mean, it feels like he's like Pogba, but he works harder than Pogba and he's not uh you just don't see him do some of the stupid shit that Pogba would do on the ball so I think he's he's a player you can definitely build your team around and United are definitely lucky to have someone like him there's a lot of talk about him also being a, a much more natural leader than Pogba I think he just wants the ball always and he just he takes responsibility on defensively and offensively and there aren't a lot of players you can say that in midfield who like work hard the whole game and I mean he he looked tired in the second half basically non-existent but in the first half, he was he was pretty much unplayable, um, and maybe that is because there wasn't a player like De Bruyne that he had to stick onto in the first half, because you know some a player like that just completely changes the entire dynamic of a game. So uh, you know this might have just been a, a a look better result for Manchester United because of a, a slight a, okay a largely weak in Manchester City side, but yeah, doing the double over them like congratulations to them, and I think it's going to be a really hard race to finish above them this year um but i think they've they, that, they've been losing a lot of games that they should win and then winning games that the, you don't think they're going to win so they're, they're very jackal and hide and i'm, I'm still not convinced it's, that like it's, it's the most it's losses pep has had in a season as a as a manager they they've lost more games than arsenal this year that's crazy right yeah well yeah because because you guys have drawn so many right games. but that's still crazy considering how bad our season's been yeah, it, they've it lost more crazy. games than and Arsenal. So two of those losses being, or one of those losses being the Norwich away. Right. It's, yeah. Crazy. Just briefly mentioning, uh, Wolves actually beat Norwich this week, last weekend as well, um, and they are only five points behind Chelsea in the race for top four. So we should mention that they, they are drew, still. They drew Brighton at home. Oh, sorry. Is... Sorry, Sheffield beat Norwich. They are also five yeah, points yeah. behind, and both, we have to mention both of those teams because. Both of them are, are five the points up. behind. They might be focusing on that. They're not, Alex. They're, safe. they're not, Alex. They're gonna, we should start talking about the them more run. in this podcast because they are not letting up right now. I'm fucking scared. We don't have time, dude. I know we, we don't have We should be talking more about Leicester, too. We should be talking more about them. But guess what? They fell off. They've been falling off and just fallen off a cliff. We're doing them a favor, Javier. Yeah, until they start playing better. Now they beat Villa 4-0. They beat Villa 4-0, so maybe we can start thinking about mentioning them and Vardy scoring again. Right. But... I have it on good authority that Vardy's drop off. I know we just scored that double, but Vardy's drop off because he had a kid coincided right? with him having a kid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which is and hilarious and predictable. Yeah, yeah, the little injury too. I was going to say uh, the one last thing I want to mention about this Manchester derby is that 
we, we, I mentioned that big mistake for the second goal by Ederson, but that pretty much covers up the fact that he did terribly at his near post for the first goal. I know it was a really well-worked free kick that Fernandez dinked over the wall and Martial ran onto and hit first time, but that's right there in your corner. Like, you have to own that as a goalkeeper. And, you know, if it had been 1-0 and City had lost 1-0 the narrative still would have been what the hell is wrong with Ederson because he had a couple of really bad judgment calls on the ball where like Martial closed him down and he mistouched it when it uh the the ball when it came to him and Martial almost got on the end to try and deflect it in and Ederson just managed to get it away there were a couple really nervy moments for him on top of those mistakes that just make me think like maybe this is why Allison starts for Brazil ahead of Ederson he's still a bit young and still a bit uh naive at times so um, yeah, it's, and it, it's you definitely can't afford that when your best defender uh, Laporte is is injured too. You need to be a little bit more, you know, experienced, a little bit more safe with things when uh, you, you're not at full strength. So let's uh, want to keep an eye on there for Ederson. Let's move on to just mention, and we mentioned plenty of Champions League already, but just the results uh, from this week. Atalanta progressed to the quarterfinal with a four three victory uh, at Valencia after beating them four one in the first leg. Uh, RB Leipzig, like we said, beat Tottenham 3-0 in the second leg to go to the quarterfinal. Uh, Atletico Madrid won 3-2 at Anfield to uh, progress 4-2 on aggregate. And PSG came back from a 2-1 loss in the first leg to Borussia Dortmund to win 2-0 at home uh, earlier today. So uh, um, let's move on to some previews for this weekend. Uh, Arsenal going to Brighton Saturday at 11 a.m. England hasn't gone through daylight savings yet, so instead of games being at 7.30 a.m. and uh, 10 a.m., they're on at 8.30 and 11 a.m. So that round of games at 11 a.m. also has Man City Burnley, which we'll mention in a second, but uh, not too much to preview there. Uh, I know Brighton are down near the bottom of things. Haven't won a game, I don't think, this calendar year in the league. They're they're not having a great time. Uh, They're I think we'll I think we'll beat them maybe like two nil. I think or maybe even three nil. I don't know. I know we're away from home, but I, like you said, they haven't been good so far this calendar year, and I think that we're a very different prospect than Wolves. Um, I think Wolves play a similar style to Brighton, and I think Brighton not at all. Not I think, at all. The counterattack. I mean, Brighton have started to like recede back. A They've bit started more to as recede. The They're not playing that nervier. possession football that they but, were. But they, earlier don't, in but the they season. don't want to do that. Potter doesn't want to do that. He wants to try and control it if he can. Yeah, I think but they won't guys, be able to do that against us. Like Arsenal have been pretty good under Arteta in possession, and I, 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 don't, I trust that we're going to have the ball a lot more than Brighton. I think it's going to be really hard for them to. Uh, they haven't been as good defensively. I don't know. In this I feel like that could be year. one of your best weapons. I think one of your best weapons could be the fact that they want to play with the ball and using that. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm saying they want to play that way, and we're going you to. Use that we're going to have win the, the ball, ball back exactly. out of the field. For sure. Well, no, I'm saying you win the you win the ball back in dangerous areas to them, and you know, find ways to initiate like a, a press while they're in uh, suspect areas or in danger areas. And you, you, you just try and take advantage of them for being a bit naive and thinking too highly of themselves. They need to win or at least get a draw from this game. They need points in pretty much every game. They're not in the relegation zone, but their form dictates that it's kind of getting to, to panic mode for Brighton right now. And uh, it, it's just, it's disappointing for them that it's it's gotten to this point because they've uh, you thought early on in the season that after, I think it was 
have they been in the Premier League for two seasons already? And this is their third? Yeah, this is their third. The first two seasons, they were super defensive and barely snuck, uh, 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 what do you call it, safety on the last couple of weeks. And it was like kind of up in the air the last uh, few weeks of those first two seasons. And halfway through this season, they looked like they were in pretty good shape to just sort of cruise like Crystal Palace and uh, Newcastle kind of been have been doing and, and kind of avoid that, that stress. But now they're facing a pretty tough run in. Uh, and they need they need points from games like this. So I, I'm pretty confident they can get at least a draw. I wouldn't predict it, but I, keep, I think they could do it. Do you think Lacazette gets back into the, the lineup with these these goals recently? Arteta had tons of great things to say to him, like you mentioned. I do. I do think he gets him. back into the lineup. But I, you know, it's been interesting how Aubameyang and has been playing on the left wing. Um, and I don't know if a lot of people are saying, you know, Aubameyang is a lot better in the middle. So do you have him in the middle um, and move Lacazette to the wing? I don't know what he's going to do there. He's also been dropping Nico Pepe in and out of the team. Um, and that's been interesting to see. And, and uh, also Bukayo Saka, um, you know, Kieran Tierney's been back in training now a couple of weeks. So, you know, it, it, do we keep playing Saka? He's playing really well, but he's not a natural left back. So I think there's like a lot of questions right now for team selection. Sadly, uh, Hector Bayadine is hurt for this game and got another injury. So he keeps getting Ugh. little nibbles here and there, two weeks here, two weeks there, which it happens a lot with those, um, you know, ACL tears that we saw. It took Kurtzuma a, a few years to get back to speed. Um, and we've seen that with a lot of players that have had really bad injuries like that. Ruben Loftus Cheek. I mean, he's the, the guy still hasn't recovered from uh, from his problems. So uh, Achilles tear, but yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but it, similar, it, just you know, re- injuries that have you out for you know six months plus. Even if it goes on nine months or or even a year, that can be that can be really hard to come back from and take you a long time to get back to uh, you know the top top level. So you know. Best for best luck for him. Hopefully he can he can get back soon because you know we we really miss him and having not we've been playing some really weird people at right back like I think Papa played Socrates. right back in the last game. Yes, that was yeah. I don't what's going on Arteta, but like I don't know. We keep getting clean sheets. It's worked. So you know we haven't lost domestically in the league yet. I I've, I I say that today and I said that in the last Jesus. pod. We were supposed to lose to, to the city today. So right. Yeah. You know, it keeps somebody, the record going. Somebody paid someone for off. a few more weeks. Did this bullshit Corona stuff. Uh, uh, so, what are you thinking? I, I'm probably thinking like 2 1 Arsenal in this one. If I had to. If I had I'm going to say 1 0 Arsenal. 1 0 to the okay. Arsenal. I would, all I would say is Leo fear the Malpie. Fear the Malpie. Let's move on. Man City, Burnley, real quick. I don't really know what to expect out of Pep's team selection in this one because he does have that second leg in the Champions League against Real coming up midweek next week. Uh, it's going to be a, a huge one, possibly defining for his his uh, time at Manchester City. It's the first time in a while that they've been matched up with another European like power. They got Liverpool and uh, they got knocked out by Liverpool and Tottenham previously and haven't really gotten the chance to play the Barcelonas and the and the Real Madrids or the Bayern Munichs up till now. So it, it, they have that 2-1 lead. Uh, I'm wondering if De Bruyne plays in this Burnley game or if they try to just save him and uh, have him back because he was so influential in that first leg against Real. So uh, that could be a big factor, but maybe there's also the standpoint that they could use this Burnley home game as like a tune-up game uh, to kind of get uh, De Bruyne, you know, back into the, the swing of things uh, and in rhythm before that that second leg. So 
I don't have much in terms of predictions here. Obviously, Burnley are playing a whole lot better too, so maybe they could. I think they're safe now. City. I think they have thirty nine or forty points, something like that. So I, yeah, I'm yeah. pretty I sure they're that they're pretty much safe. I, I feel like City are going to have enough to to beat them in this game. I think they're going to be a little bit pissed after uh, losing two nil to their rivals and getting. Uh, we we always know the wrath of of these Pep teams after something like that happens. So yeah, you guys were lucky that you weren't the ones on the end of exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> so I feel like Burnley it gonna, might it was going to be Burnley bad. might just get three nil tomorrow and three or four nil. Then you know City are going to vent all their frustration out on them because I think even I think Gabriel Jesus might start. Um, I think you'll see Mares start players like that and. Um, yeah, I think I think he'll he'll get he'll put out a strong lineup, but you'll and I I feel like City are going to win. I don't think Burnley will give them too much trouble, but Burnley have been playing well, like you said. And when a team's on form, it's not like they suddenly just drop off when they're you know I, I doubt they're all going to go be partying if they think they're safe this week. So there shouldn't be too much drop off. Yeah. So to finish things off on Saturday, Aston Villa will host Chelsea at twelve uh, thirty p.m. I'm actually I'm actually pretty excited for this one. We didn't really talk about the Everton 4-0 win, but it's good to see that even with half of our attacking players injured, we can pump a team 4-0 and can still, you know, we can still get it up at home. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is this phrase. was your biggest result of the season? For biggest sure. home result of the season. Oh, I mean, just biggest result. You haven't had a four 0 win this year, so yeah, it was really impressive. I thought we had a we had a six one. I thought in the Everton Carabao were Cup. Everton were absolutely atrocious. This they was, were so bad. This was the worst game I think I've ever seen Everton play. It was like they created nothing. They were so pathetic. I didn't think it was like Chelsea were that amazing. Um, I think you guys just they just Everton just lied down and let you spank their asses because that was that was pathetic. You know. Um, there was also a pretty like significant tactical uh, mismatch that we were watching this game together. Uh, as soon as it popped up that Everton were playing four four two, I just told you I yeah, was, was like, "Oh, it was such a shit midfield." Who, we're 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 Gomez, about to run things in midfield. Tom Davis midfield is well, the whole point. Yeah, Gomez and Tom Davis. Gomez but the whole just point came back from injury. Four, he looked four, terrible. Two, the whole point of a four four two working in that scenario against like a possession heavy four three three is that you need help from other positions. You need Sigurdsson to drop into midfield from that wide position or Richarlison to drop in and help with the press. And it was pretty much like Rob uh, Richarlison and uh, Calvert Lewin up top pressing by themselves, which we were easily able to play through. And then the midfielders Davis and Gomez, like you mentioned. They looked incredibly exposed because there was just two of them just getting pulled out of position and played in behind by Billy Gilmore. A man, another man of the match performance by Billy Gilmore. And the reason I'm talking about that game uh, and, and flowing it into this Aston Villa game is that we've seen Villa play a lot of four four two recently, where I think they're better equipped in the in this four four two to to get a result, especially at home against Chelsea, and they, they're certainly desperate enough. Uh, right down in that relegation zone right now um, and coming off a 4-0 loss away at, at Leicester so it, it's starting to get nervous nervous for them but just the fact that they have Grealish as that wide player who's much more comfortable dropping into midfield uh, when they aren't getting enough of the ball and kind of helping support whatever, whatever players they do play in midfield whether that's Nakamba or Douglas Louise or supposedly John McGinn is supposed to be back this is Maybe a really the start of a, a really hard run for Aston Villa here um, yeah, they well the the Leicester away game was probably right. You're right. That. Uh, that was the start of the run, and and it, they are right now. 
sitting in the relegation zone in, in 19th place, um, two points from safety. And I don't see how, they're not going to get many more points the end of this till the end of the season. They've got to, they're going to have to find wins like this at home. This is going to be a must win game for them. Like they're going to be so desperate in this game. So right. I think, I think you're going to see a much better team than the Everton saw team. You saw much more a team that's going to be harder working. Um, this Villa side have had a lot of unlucky results at home this year, and I think Chelsea are the type of team that when you're in a funk and you, you need a win, Chelsea's got you. So I think we could see an upset that, here. Okay, that that is true. We have we have been the ultimate turn your season around team this year. Let's see our resume so far. All right. First of all, I think it was oh god, why am I blanking? West Ham was a big one. West Ham came and beat us one nil at Stamford Bridge. Bournemouth beat us 1-0 at Stamford Bridge when they had none of their best players. Ake was out, Wilson was out, King was out. They were all injured, and they still beat us 1-0. Southampton, that, that was like around the start of their, their their great run of form, or maybe it was a little bit afterwards, but there's been plenty of teams that have turned their season around with games against Chelsea. Um, so yeah, that's definitely in play. But I'm liking enough of what I've, I'm seeing from specifically Giroud up top. Our defense is able to kind of get away with hoofing the ball out of the back where as before earlier in the season, there was a bit more of an emphasis on keeping the ball down on the ground, playing it uh, a bit more or progressing it a little bit more uh, disciplined on the ground out from the back. And that kind of led to players like Zuma playing themselves into, into trouble. But now they have the option to go long a bit more often if they are under danger. And uh, Giroud, his head is like a magnet to the ball. He, you, you see he him did look really so good. It was, uh, it was it brought a little tear to my eye to see him play well again in the Chelsea shirt. He, he deserves beautiful. more game time. Big Ollie. It was beautiful. Big Ollie. I, I don't think you bench him even if Tammy comes back. I think you just no, keep you keep, keep riding. Big it. Ollie on. And yes, you know, you know, I'm Ollie's I'm just like that. Ollie's like I need to play in the Euros. I mean, Deschamps going to bring him no matter what, but. You know that like Olivia is just like I'm still fucking good, so play me. Yeah, absolutely. The, the guy, he's the guy, the guy's age like a fine wine. He's still a great player. He's probably he doesn't have the legs he used to, but he still has probably the best hold up play in the league. I don't know if there's any player who uh, I would say maybe Firmino, but yeah. Uh, Dini Haller. Haller's been pretty you know, good, in, yeah. But I in mean, the they're same, in the same molds so. as, as Giroud in terms of like big bodies yeah. that take. Like Firmino does it very differently, obviously. He's more of a finesse, skilled kind of player. It's a bit of a slighter stature. But um, yeah, Giroud's certainly up there. He's 33 years old now, uh, scored again in, the, in this Everton game. I'm pretty comfortable against Villa that he can score. I mean, if Tammy's. Tammy's back. We don't really we don't really know. There's so many players right now with injuries that you're just like, we have no idea when they're going to be back. It's week to week. They might be ready next week. It might be another month. We don't know. So Tammy Abraham, Paul Sick is supposedly right on the edge of coming back too. So this could be a good welcome back game for him. I think we I think we win three one. I'm pretty confident we win three one because I don't know if you've watched them defend recently, but. Despite playing extremely defensively and in a low block for most of the game and having one of the best ever defenders in Premier League history coaching them, John Terry, they're pretty abysmal at the back. Engels, Mings, they're, they're nice names that are capable of big performances and they certainly could have one here. But more often than not, when I've watched them this season, I've seen so many just blatant mistakes that make me just salivate for the likes of... Uh, Giroud and Mason Mount and, and Willian even in this game. So I, I think we win 3-1, and I'm, I'm fairly confident of that. This is also a, a huge venue to play at. People don't play up Villa Park enough that 
it's a it's a venue that I think met plenty of Premier League fans have kind of missed these last few years since Villa were relegated. I mean, I so feel like you guys, um, you, well, we you struggled guys, there. You guys won two one at Stamford Bridge, but I feel like it was it was a close game. It wasn't like you guys blew them off the park. Um, and I think it should have been more. It really, was it was right in the middle of that stretch where we we there were a bunch of teams that were playing defensively that were almost getting results against us, and you know a third of those games went like the wrong way for us, like the West Ham and Bournemouth games, but then another couple like Crystal Palace and Villa and teams like that, we managed to get over the line against them. But, but yeah, we haven't had too many like dominating performances at the bridge until the, the, the Tottenham game and then this Everton game. So um, yeah, let's see if, let's see if you guys can keep it up. But I think you had um very, very different look team back then. You had Reese James playing, Christensen was playing, Mingolo Kante, uh, Mateo Kovacic, uh, Tammy Abraham, and Christian Pulisic. So, very, very different team that's going to be playing this uh, Villa side, we think. So, let's see how you guys well, perform. Christensen and Reese James could still play. It all depends how Frank sets up because of that Bayern game in midweek. I don't, I, I don't know how he's going to approach that one, whether he's going to use it to rotate and try and, you know, just or just sort of like forfeit from the very beginning or if he's going to like... Billy God! We have to talk about Billy God. I mean, I mentioned that he got man of the match for the second game in a row, first being that... that But I love it. Billy Gilmore owns Merseyside, Javier, is what I'm trying to say. He he outplayed Liverpool and he outplayed Everton. He does own Merseyside. Haggis Iniesta is officially here. He's... uh, He's pretty. He's pretty. Very composed for an eighteen-year-old he, kid. He, he's um, another one that just. I think you just have to keep him in the team. Yeah, until you just don't Jorginho's see him really like misplacing passes over. and defensively, he's looked all right. So, like, I think yeah, you got to keep playing the kid. He's playing well and he's looked good and he's been leading for you team winning four nil. Yeah, play him again. Play him again. I think if he has another big performance, which I think a lot of these young kids they have one or two good performances and sometimes they drop off. Um, I think this will be a good test to see if he can keep up um, versus at at an away side at Villa Park. um, I think it's going to be very different than when you were at Stamford Bridge. You know, I think the occasion might be too much for him. We'll see. We'll see. And I think, um, like you said, Jack Grealish is an excellent player and they're going to fight to the end. I think Villa probably get relegated, but they're going to fight. I think they're going to end with like 35, 36 points and they're going to have to get points from games like this. So. I'm going to say 2-2. Ooh, okay. All right, I mean, perfectly possible. But I'll, I'll stick with 3-1. Uh, Sunday, Tottenham are going to be hosting Manchester United. There is another game on Sunday that I can't quite remember. But Tottenham hosting Manchester United. Uh, this one looked like the thigh rubber of the weekend uh, probably a month or so ago. But now it's looking like how do Manchester United fuck this one up and that game is anything is, uh, less than a win away wolves away at west ham so that's that's not a bad one it's a, yeah, it's that's a, not like a bad desperate one. Yeah, relegation okay. team versus a team challenging for top four yeah okay no yeah i'll, I'll allow it that's a that's a that's an interesting one but this tottenham manchester united game tottenham as we mentioned are reeling right now manchester united have found a really good vein of form they're unbeaten in, I think, eight games in all competitions. So doing pretty well. Is anything less than three points, like, unacceptable for them here? Because I think so. I think after what we've seen Tottenham do, not only against, like, the Burnleys and the I don't know. I think, uh, I think, th- I think you're going to see, but... like, this Tottenham side fighting for their lives. I think if Tottenham just 
get spanked two or three nil here by United, that would be very demoralizing, crippling for this Mourinho side. And I don't know. I think they have to show some fight here. They are out of the Champions League. This is the last competition they're in. You know, they're going to have to show something for their manager. And I could see this being like a nil nil, a nil nil, or like a, or like a, or like a one one. A 1-1 result where there's like, you know, uh, some Vertonghen header goal and, you know, Martial gets a goal or, or a Bruno penalty. And I bet you it's going to be a shit, shit fest, though. I bet you it's going to be a, a not a good game. Like, you're going to see it on paper and think, oh, this might be a good game. It's probably going to be like a snooze fest. So Mourinho, Solskjaer. Yeah, no. Uh, both teams are probably going to try and defend. And neither team will want to lose this game but I think Tottenham obviously are going to be, have to be the team that goes and wins because they're behind Manchester United by five points behind Chelsea by uh, seven points so if they yeah, want to make performances and and results I, I think it's I'm approaching it from the completely opposite standpoint that Manchester United have to be looking at this game as even though it's a way against a quote top yeah, they should six probably side go in if they want to make top they, four sure they should be thinking to themselves we have to win this one Chelsea went there and won I mean yeah the city lost there but there's plenty of teams that have what, Wolves just went there and won like a, a week or two ago. That's another rival of Manchester United's for that, that those top four places. They're, they're probably thinking to themselves, Tottenham are there for the taking. They're a wounded duck. Let's go and eat that up. So it's perfectly possible them uh, to drop points in this one. But just the way the injection of not only talent that Bruno Fernandes has given to United, but also the kind of injection of activity that he's given to the rest of his teammates. They're, they're pressing much, uh, much better now. And they, they seem much more, I guess, invested in, in, in what's going on. It was, it was kind of going along at like a, like an autopilot kind of pace for some United players for a while. there under Solskjaer early part of this season, but Fernandez seems to have really like woken a bunch of those players up and, you know, anything less than three points to this one, I think United fans are going to be really disappointed and the, the players themselves will be hugely disappointed. I think I'll go, I'll probably pick like a 2-1 for this. Not that we were laying down and tracking picks this week, but I think United will win 2-1. There's so many mistakes in that Tottenham back line right now. And it doesn't matter who they play. Mourinho's tried everything. He hasn't been able to get them to defend, which it's amazing. It's the greatest secret agent job that any former Chelsea employee has ever pulled off. And I thought... I thought that was going to be David Luiz at Arsenal, but you know Mourinho has somehow managed to, you know, outdo David Luiz this season. So, thank you, Jose. Thank you, Jose. Continue your great work at Tottenham. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the Merseyside derby, which disappointingly they is going to be played on Poch, so Monday. You know, don't shit on Mourinho they were playing, too much. They were playing pretty badly under Pochettino. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you, Mourinho, for continuing Maurizio Pochettino's great work. Thank you. <laughs> The Merseyside Derby is happening Monday evening, 4 p.m. here in the States. Everton hosting Liverpool. Where to approach this one? Because Everton had been obviously playing pretty well up until the fixtures started getting I think the Liverpool wrath is coming in this game. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking I'm thinking Liverpool are just going to fuck Everton up. Like, what's the ultimate antidote to uh, getting knocked out of the Champions League, getting knocked out of the FA Cup? Losing your first Premier League game in a year. It's Everton. Even it's if Everton. it's not at home. That's like it's, that's it's, who they want to see. There. Yeah. Yeah. They they want their little brother to walk in. Especially after like, Everton lost four nil. Yeah. But but they so have been Chelsea's pretty good under, They have been pretty good under under Ancelotti. 
should we look at that game as maybe just being a little blimp and like the players retired or caught off guard or you know they just didn't expect the, that 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 style of play i don't know but no i think it's it's the, it's the tactical thing we talked about but that begs the question what adjustments does he make off of that does he stick with the same things if he does you know liverpool aren't i mean they're possession heavy but you know they they they're trying to pressure you into mistakes and Everton have plenty of those on the ball right now, too. They're not exactly the most uh, mistake-free team either. There, there, there's plenty there to be made. Pickford is, I think, having one of the worst runs of his time at Everton in terms of like some of the, the goals he's let in. The, the Bruno Fernandes distant, uh, shot from distance like last week. Uh, the first Mason, the first goal that Mason Mount scored on Saturday was both of them right in his near post, and he just didn't have strong enough wrists. It kind of, it kind of looks like Kepa at his worst. Uh, so Pickford's there for the taking. Is If you just get shots uh, on, on target at him, anywhere near him, there's a good chance they, they might go in right now, even if uh, he should be saving them. So, I, I th- yeah, like we said, I think Liverpool will sense that. They have the urgency themselves to try and wrap up this Premier League title as soon as possible. So that's, you know, beyond doubt. And they have that trophy at least this season. To what extent do you think they can can beat them there? Because I think normally you'd pick like a like a 2-0 Liverpool over Everton. It's at Goodison. It's not usually as easy say, for Liverpool I'm going to say there. 3-1. I'm going to say 3-1 Liverpool. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I think I'll agree with that. Maybe, yeah, maybe a two no. Maybe a two no. I don't, I don't, I'm, 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 I feel bad. I feel really bad for Carlo because he's... I still think he's got a lot in him, a lot of good stuff. But this current crop of Everton players, there's there's going to be plenty of work for him to do in the summer. I know they've done plenty of transfers over the last couple of years, but there's uh, enough dead wood, I think, to uh, get rid of there in the summer and to kind of rebuild the center of that midfield and the center of that defense around a couple new players. So um, I'm sure he's just waiting for that to, to happen. Uh, but that wraps up our Premier League previews for this week thank you guys for listening everyone remember wash your hands cough into your elbow take this very seriously we can uh i'll get out of here with uh with 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 no coronavirus that's uh keep it keep a lookout for each other take care of each other be safe iv19 covid19 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 someone mentioned that when they read COVID-19, they sing it to the tune of Come On Eileen, and now I can't get that out of my head. COVID-19. Da, 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 I like da. it. I like it. Let's not call it coronavirus, because it's not... It's, yeah. I said that earlier, but I shouldn't have. It's Why? not really what it's called. And it's staining corona. Decent beer. Not that great, but it's okay with a line. But yeah, COVID-19. Uh, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, all right, everyone. Enjoy the football. Stay healthy. Follow us on social media at ASMoss92 for my Twitter and Instagram, at JavierRev9 for his Instagram, at Andrew Bissara for Andrew's uh, Instagram and Twitter, and at GhostGoldPod. And until next time, see you.